Hello, everyone. Welcome to our podcast. It's not how you start, but how you finish. We are your co-hosts, Solomon and Jamila Jefferson. We want you all to know, no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we've made, we will not allow our past to determine our future. We welcome our guest, Dr. Chrissy Johnson, to provide some educational information on the topic of high blood pressure as a provider in honor of February being Heart Health Awareness Month. Welcome, Dr. Johnson. Thank you. Amen. Can you briefly share a little bit about yourself personally and professionally? Sure. Again, my name is Dr. Christy Johnson. I have been a family provider uh, physician in the Philadelphia area for over 25 years. Served in a lot of different capacities as a healthcare provider, but currently am the medical director for Trinity Pace Mercy Life of Pennsylvania. Pace programs for all-inclusive care for the elderly. So the population that we pretty much serve are um, geriatric patients. However, as a family physician, I've had the luxury of taking care of the age spectrum from newborns to our geriatric population. Born and raised in D.C., moved to Philadelphia for school and stayed. Amen. Amen. Right. Can you explain what blood pressure is and the importance of being aware of what your blood pressure is? So blood pressure basically is, and it's pretty much exactly what the words say, it's the pressure that's produced during the flow of blood in your blood vessels in your body. The importance of it is that based on what that number is, it determines how effectively blood is flowing throughout your your system. The higher it is, you think it would be a more effective number. However, that's not the case. The higher your blood pressure readings are, and actually the lower your blood pressure readings are, there's usually some challenges in what is going on with the body. So what we look for is considered normal blood pressure. And when that number is normal, most likely blood is flowing as appropriate as it possibly can in your body. If it's too high or too low, then there are challenges. High blood pressure, unfortunately, is a challenge in all communities, but it's definitely a a challenge in the communities of color. The higher your blood pressure is, there are two things that are very most important. First, the higher your blood pressure is, the harder your heart is working. As your heart works harder, it's like all muscles in your body. It gets bigger. But when the heart gets bigger, it doesn't function stronger. It actually functions weaker, which can lead to other challenges. The second issue with um, high blood pressure, it's a sign that blood is not effectively flowing to other organs in your body, which can lead to other challenges. Wow, thank you. I had someone, a family friend, like a few days ago call because um, my background is nurse. I'm a school nurse. And um, they were like, my blood pressure is normally 120 over, I guess, 70. But now it's like 112 over 70. And they were really concerned that it had not, that it dropped like that. And so I, you know, always told them to consult their provider and ask how they were feeling. They said they were feeling fine. So I wanted to ask what your like thoughts were about that. <laughs> So what a normal blood pressure is considered a blood pressure reading less than 130 over 80 and above 110 over 60. That's considered the normal range. If you fall lower than those numbers or higher than those normals is when you can, it should send a level of concern. You were absolutely correct in that if your blood pressure is a little lower than it normally is, the concern is whether or not it's, you're experiencing any symptoms from it. 
Sometimes when your blood pressure is too low, you can get dizzy, you can get lightheaded. Um, sometimes people get weak. But a lot of times with both high and low blood pressure, the challenge is that a lot of times people don't experience symptoms. So you don't even realize what's going on. Thank you for that. That's very helpful. You're welcome. So what is the recommended age to start checking your blood pressure? We actually start checking blood pressures in children as low as six years old. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's something that's routinely monitored at your physical exams. If you don't have any issues with your blood pressure, it's okay to check it during your annual examination and just periodically throughout the year. I do believe as we get older, life changes, our body habits changes, and our lifestyle changes. So mm -hmm. I would say over the age of 35 and 40, you definitely should probably check it a couple times throughout the year. I'm a key proponent of if you happen to be somewhere and they're screening blood pressures, they're doing your vital signs, just get your vital signs checked just to see where they are uh -huh. randomly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I said, I've been having problems with my blood pressure for about 15 years. And here recently, I guess in the past couple of years, I've been on a low dose prescription. Even with that, it still fluctuates a little high from time to time. What would you recommend for me to do? So one of the recommendations I have for anyone who has challenges with their blood pressure is lifestyle modifications. Making sure that you're eating healthy eating a healthy balanced meals, six to four to six servings of fruits and vegetables a day, six to eight servings of water, um, eight ounces a day, getting adequate rest, six to eight hours a day, and then exercising anywhere from three to five times a week. And when I consider exercise, people sometimes, oh, well, I walk up and down steps at work. That's not considered, <laughs> it's exercise, but it's not the kind of exercise that I'm talking about. I recommend doing 30 to 45 minutes consistently of some physical activity. That can be walking, riding a bike, swimming, anything that's going to increase your endorphins, burn off some of the energy, burn off some of the access will help lower your blood pressure. However, in the African-American community, one of the other things that I strongly recommend because we're considered salt sensitive and salt causes you to retain water, causes you to have, have more fluid in your system, which could also cause your blood pressure to go up. So I encourage people to really watch the amount of salt that they're bringing into their diet. Um, so with those lifestyle modifications, if you happen to be a little overweight, I encourage you would be surprised how much a 10 pound weight loss will make a difference in your blood pressure readings. Um, encouraging to implement the lifestyle again, it will uh, make sure you can get the change in your weight, decreasing weight if necessary, increasing exercises, improving sleep. Those are the things that I recommend in the beginning. When I first see any signs of your blood pressure elevating and something I even recommend for those who have established diagnosis of high blood pressure. In addition, for those individuals who have, have made those lifestyle changes and still have to take some degree of medication, the first thing I try to encourage is make sure you're being compliant with the medication, taking it every day, making sure you try to take it consistently around the same time of day. Uh, the easiest thing I usually recommend is like when you get up in the morning, you wash your face, brush your teeth, take your medicine, because that's the easy way to think, remember, because you do that, usually do that every day. And I know some people are, can take it during the night, day, um, at lunchtime, some people will take it in the evening, but I always encourage you to do whatever's easiest for you. Amen. You. you sound just like his provider. And um, so he does have a blood pressure cuff and he takes his medicine like excellent regularly. So sometimes... Have, I know you've heard of the white coat syndrome, and I don't know if you want to explain to our audience that would be helpful to do so. I'll take his blood pressure, and it'll be like 
you know, his baseline. And then I'll take it again a little bit later. And it's like really low, like, or, you know, a little bit lower. It's not abnormal, put it that way. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, is he nervous when he, when we're about to take it or like, you know, because it changes and goes back to like, it's not high or anything. So what's your thoughts about that? So that's important to know. Your blood pressure is not consistently throughout the day. It ebbs and flows throughout the day, depending on what's going on. Sometimes you can take your blood pressure and it'd be sky high and you're doing absolutely nothing. And sometimes you can take it and be low. The goal with blood pressure is not to keep it the same reading all the time, but to keep it within those normal ranges. It's not abnormal for you to check your blood pressure in the morning and your blood pressure be low, but as the day goes on, increasing stress, increasing amount of things that are on your mind, you can have an elevation in your blood pressure. But again, the goal is if that elevation is still within that normal range, it's fine. It's just when it's way outside of the range that it's a little bit more concerning. And usually, again, if I know I check your blood pressure, and again, it's white coat, white coat hypertension is very common. I would have mm-hmm. patients come into the, my office, and when the nurse initially checks it, it's sky high. And when mm-hmm. I go back in, it's gone down. I think the mm-hmm. anxiety and the work concern about, oh, gosh, she's going to check my blood pressure and it's going to be high mm-hmm. actually causes your <laughs> blood pressure. So I give them time to relax. And there have been times mm-hmm. I told patients, just lay here for a minute. I'll come back mm-hmm. and check your blood pressure in a few minutes to see what's going on. And it's they're very easy. That can very well happen. Thank you. That's the thing. Amen. It okay. is. Thank you for that. That's very helpful. Why is having high blood pressure called a silent killer? Because a lot of times people can walk around with their blood pressure being elevated and not know it because you don't always have symptoms. Mm-hmm. Usually when you start to have symptoms for your blood pressure, it is teetering on the level of you're having a heart attack or a stroke. And again, because like I said, the blood pressure goes up and down throughout the day. When it is consistently high, that's when it really starts to affect you. But a lot of times those symptoms that you will experience when it is affecting you are, it's further down the line. You can walk mm-hmm. around with the blood pressure being elevated. And I sadly can say in over 180, 100, and you not really have any symptoms. Ch- the challenge is, is that when you have symptoms, you're usually bad. Mm-hmm. So that's Thank why you. it's important to kind of period- periodically check it. So again, like I said, mm-hmm. even if you're randomly in a grocery store now with COVID, mm-hmm. I don't even know if most of them have the machines anymore. Just stick your arm in mm-hmm. and check your blood pressure just to see right. where you are. I Amen. always say it's more important to have the information than it's not to have any information. Amen. Thank you for that. What races, I think you already shared and replied to this, but what races and ethnicities are more impacted by high blood pressure and why? Most communities of color, African-American Um, Native American and Hispanic American are the cultures that are most adversely affected by high blood pressure. Why? Part of it is genetic. Huge part of it is genetic. Secondly, the huge part of it can have a lot to do with lifestyle. What are some risk factors for having high blood pressure? Risk factors, age, above the age of 45, 50, being a member of one of the cultural... Um, minority communities, again, African-American, Native American. Um, obesity is a risk factor for high blood pressure. Family history is a, a risk factor. If mom, dad, sisters, and brothers all have high blood pressure, you are at risk of developing high blood pressure. Sedentary lifestyles, meaning, and especially sedentary work lifestyles. If you sit for the majority of the day, 
you're at risk. Those are probably the top risk factors for high blood pressure. Thank you for that. And I think you mentioned this earlier. What are some lifestyle changes that can be helpful to keep your blood pressure under control or uh, to prevent you from getting high blood pressure? Making sure that you're living a healthy lifestyle. And again, Mm -hmm. it's challenging. Life can be very (laughs) overbearing at times. Um, So it's important that you take the time to make sure that you're taking care of yourself first, making sure that you're getting an adequate amount of sleep. I know I'm preaching to the choir as a healthcare provider. We're probably the worst in that. But making sure you're getting at least six to eight hours of sleep a day is important. Eating healthy, six to eight glasses of water a day, four to six servings of fruit and vegetables, leaner meats if you're a beef eater, more chicken, more turkey, more seafood, exercising four to five, again, times a week. And that exercise includes 30 to 45 minutes of some physical activity, riding a bike, swimming, running, walking, whatever you enjoy. Um, I always encourage um, people to go into an area that you're interested in. If you don't like boxing, don't do Tybo or kickboxing. <laughs> if you like to walk, okay, go and walk, you know, and start where you are. A lot of times when individuals implement these changes into their lifestyles, they think they need to go out and run a marathon. Absolutely not. You start where you are. If you haven't been walking, start five, 10 minutes and build on Mm -hmm. that on a weekly basis to get to the point where you're at that 30 to 45 minutes. That's the minimum that's recommended. You can definitely do more, but if it takes you a while to get to that 30 and 45 minutes, it's absolutely fine. Any activity is better than no activity. So watching what you eat, exercising, getting enough rest. If you're a smoker, just stop smoking. And then also just to try to alleviate stress the best way you can. Stress management is also important. Amen. Thank you for that. I know for me, my blood pressure tends to run low, but that's my baseline. Like, you know, it's like in the 90s over, you know, probably Mm 60-ish and things like that. And I make sure like if I'm busy or feeling lightheaded, I'll, you know, do what I need to do. But that doesn't tend to happen. Um, I try to definitely get my water intake in and I do work out. I do mine in the morning, but I could do more. But I do count my steps because of what I do. I do walk a lot. Mm-hmm. I'm always a work in uh, progress. Um, so this is excellent. Do you have anything? Yeah, I, this thing, uh, this high blood pressure thing really uh, was a topic. I'm eventually from a, a small community in Delaware. And about 12, 13 years ago, a family member of ours, uh, which we thought was healthy, uh, he was about 6'4", weighed about 240 pounds, very, very active in the community. And he had a massive stroke. Mm-hmm. And come to find out that he was a diabetic and had a high blood pressure. He was in a, a coma stroke. Uh, for about, I don't know, about 10 days, and they killed me. So what that did to our whole community, it, uh, it opened our eyes up to that because I personally know that high blood pressure is nothing to be played with. And what I'm trying to do right now is trying to get mine down at least to 10, 10 15 points. Because mm-hmm. uh, right now, majority of the time when I take my blood pressure, it's in the 135, 141 range. I don't like that. 
You run it a little better. And and that's absolutely true. Um, I can speak just from my own personal experience with um, my father. I'm a physician. My father has a long stern history of um, high blood pressure and diabetes, and he was the king of noncompliance. <laughs> and I ironically spoke to him one morning and could tell something was going on in his voice, knew he was having a stroke. Mm. But after having the kind after everything kind of settled down, realized that he wasn't taking his medication, so his blood pressure was, wasn't under control. His A1C was off the chart because his sugars were, he was eating whatever mm. he wanted to eat. So sometimes in having those experiences when it's someone close to you and you see it motivates individuals, motivates families, and sometimes motivates neighborhoods to make these changes. Mm -hmm. I always encourage you to have an accountability partner. Mm -hmm. I personally have an accountability partner because I know I can very easily get caught up in the day-to-day madness of my life. And not focus exactly. on taking care of my health, but having someone, one of my friends that I work out with on a regular basis that we know that, okay, if we're going to push each other to do what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And that, again, it could be your spouse. It could be a family member. It could be your neighbor, whoever you can enlist to encourage you encourage, and you all encourage each other to do the things to take care of yourselves and make sure you're all living the healthy lifestyle to decrease your risk of having any challenges. It's important. It's very important. And, and it makes it easier. It makes it so much easier than you try to motivate yourself. Amen. It sounds like it because I know for, for me personally that sometimes I feel real good. You know, I mean, I'm taking my medicine every day regardless. But sometimes my body feels so good, you know, I eat uh, a, a certain thing that I probably shouldn't because I feel good. Mm-hmm. But like you like you alluded to a while ago, just because you're feeling good don't mean your blood pressure is where it's supposed to be. So that accountability point, I think I'm going to try that. And that's true. And it, it happens. So don't beat yourself up when those times happen. If you are doing what's correct, of the time, that 5% when you don't, won't really make that big of an impact. However, if 90% of the time you're not doing what's right and 10% of the time you try to do what's correct, that's a completely different situation. So I tell people, have that cheat meal, have that day where you're not going to do anything. You're just going to take care of your rest, take care of yourself. You don't feel like exercising, don't exercise, but don't allow that to be the majority of the time. Um, Because a lot of times if you neglect yourself or you prevent yourself from doing something that is enjoyable, it's very hard to maintain that 100% of the time. So allow yourself that bag of potato chips. Allow yourself to sleep in and not exercise in the morning, but don't stay there. Amen. Amen. I love it. And I love how you shared, um, before we get ready to close, um, that wherever you can to have your blood pressure screen, like, you know, which is awesome. And I know at our church, um, at Enon, the Sanctification Community presents the Go Red Heart Health event on Saturday, February 11th, 2023 yes. from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. where your blood pressure can be screened, you know, and it is, it says men are encouraged to attend. And so I thank God when the health events are provided at our, at our church, you know, for the men and the women and for this event that's going to take place. Um, did you want to share anything else in regards to that? So there, there, surprisingly, there are a lot of different 
at times you can do it. And I mean, I talked about you can go to the pharmacy or the drugstore mm-hmm. or, or your grocery store and get your blood pressure check. A lot of the community centers are now, are now offering your church. If they're offering a event that you can get your blood pressure check, just get it done. I'd rather know what's going on than not know what's going on. I know some people don't take that philosophy. They're like, oh, they don't want to know what's going on. But trust me, if there's high blood pressure is something that's preventable. High blood pressure is something that's avoidable. High blood pressure is something that's treatable. So it's better to know what's going on with and address it ahead of time. Decrease the likelihood of you having complications of high blood pressure, having a stroke, having a heart attack, having your kidneys shut down on you. If you can prevent that by addressing something ahead of time, do so. Amen. Amen. You know, before we go any further, I can can recall, and it's almost a shame to say it, I recall not too long ago, every day I was walking three or four miles a day. I haven't done that in a while. So I'm, 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 I'm feeling very convicted. Of this conversation, so I think I'm going to start jogging again. <laughs> start wherever you are. Yeah, I want to do a half. Yeah, I want to be here for a while. Amen. Great God. So, um, before we close, can you uh, please feel free to share any resources or practical tools that you feel that can be helpful to those listening, based on what we've been discussing, uh, that you haven't shared already, or whatever else you feel like uh, that would be. Uh, important to share that's that's on your heart as it pertains to high blood pressure and honestly any medical condition knowledge is key if you have not make sure that you're going going and getting your annual exam from your primary care provider take take advantage of any opportunities in your community or in your church to have your health screened follow up on what the findings are. But then, you know, no one can take care of you better than yourself. And it's important to, mm-hmm. that you t- take the initiative to do so. Amen. All right. Well, we just thank God for this. Um, any closing comments? No, I just want to thank you for uh, spending this time with us. You're absolutely and just, welcome. Uh, and just pray that God continue to shine a light on you and the work that you do, which is very, very, very important. Thank you. Thank you. So no matter the cards we've been dealt in life or the mistakes we have made, it does not define who we are or where we are going. It is just a part of our story and the journey that God has us on to not only learn from these different experiences, but to sometimes be able to help support, encourage, and inspire others who may be going through similar situations. My husband and I have learned this to be true because of our different life experiences, which have led us in wanting to continue to share our story along with others to know it is not how you start, but how you finish.